Hey y'all. hey y'all, it's Sarah and it's Michelle and welcome to our fifth episode of our Tough Mamas podcast. Today we're going to be focusing on the first two to three months after giving birth and all of the feelings and emotions that you go through um, with you and your baby and your family and all of the big milestones that happen during that time. If y'all haven't gotten to this point yet, y'all might think like, oh, yay, we're at two to three months postpartum, you know, everything's going to start going back to normal. I'm going to be, you know, a pro or I've got the hang of this. And, you know, if you are, you know, a pro by that. Congratulations. Awesome. But we're going to talk about the difficulties that we faced um, and continue to still face or, you know, deal with around this time of two to three months postpartum. Yes. So Michelle, what was a memory that you have, good or bad, from the first two to three months? I think like, you know, starting like right around two months, what I remember the most is like walking out of my six week appointment and just like, you know, the doctor basically clearing me and being like, yep, like you're good to go. Like everything's good. Everything's normal. And I'm just walking out kind of like, is it though? Like, am I normal? Am I back to normal? Because I don't (sighs) feel like my normal self. Like, I still don't feel comfortable in, like, my postpartum body. Like, I'm still adjusting with, like, everything. You know, like, I remember her asking me, like, are you sleeping? And I'm just, like, shaking my head. And I'm, like, yes, like, yes, I am, but, but no, I'm thinking, I'm like, really to not. myself, like, now, like, am I supposed to be sleeping? Like, what? Like, how did I even get here? Yeah, yeah, exactly. How, uh, what about you? My memory that I have, to be honest, is just going back to work. So I had Sophia at the beginning of November, and I went back to work at the beginning of January. So pretty much right after my eight weeks was up is when I went back to work, and that was my biggest memory. And to be honest, I really don't consider that a good memory. I bet. I bet it must have been such a challenge to juggle you know, leaving everything, you know, baby. So, I mean, you have a baby, and then... You're at home with the baby for two months. You have help. I mean, Caesar was home with me too, and my family was really close by. But then you go to work and you're away from them for all day. And I remember thinking the like the the week before I went back to work, I was like counting the days. Like I'm dreading this. I'm dreading this. I remember I messaged somebody on Instagram too. And I saw her post, and I'm like, oh, that's so cool that she gets to, like, work from home or whatever she's doing. So I messaged her, and I was like, like, what do you do? You're home with your kids all the time. And she's like, I'm a stay-at-home mom. And I was like, oh, well, that that, <laughs> that, that changes help. things. But... Yeah, that doesn't help me. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, oh, my goodness. So, yeah, that first day was really, really rough. Um, I came home, and I was like, I'm going to quit I'm never going back to work again. I need to be with my baby. It was, it was a, it was a challenge. So that was my, that's my memory (laughs) from the first two to three months. Did it feel good to be out of the house though and to have like a purpose other than just being like Um, at home, you know, you could go back to like teaching. So I liked having a routine. Like, I liked how, like going back and having, okay, at this time I'm doing this, at this time I have lunch, at this time I do this, or whatever. I, I liked having a structure because when I was at home, it was kind of like, okay, we, yeah, we wake up whenever, we go to sleep whenever, we eat whenever. Like, mm-hmm. there was nothing structured. So I liked having that, but 
Um, I don't know about having a purpose. Um, I think things kind of changed when I did have Sophia, and I was kind of thinking, okay, my purpose isn't to be a teacher. I, my purpose is now to be a mom. So things were a little bit different, and I was trying to figure out if I could keep teaching, mm-hmm. like, and be okay with that. <laughs> but, yes, leaving was challenging. But, I mean, now it's easier. I mean, it's been two years. But, it, I mean, it's still challenging, like, with big breaks. So I'm a teacher, so I get Thanksgiving and Christmas break and spring break and summer break. So all of those big breaks is really nice. I get to spend quality time with her and I'm, all those things. But then when I go back to work, it's kind of like I'm starting completely over. Mm-hmm. Like, Readjusting okay. your yes. schedule. Yes. Making sure everything's ready for Sophia before you leave each morning to work. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, don't get me wrong, she has great people taking care of her, but just thinking, okay, what is she doing? Is she being cared for? Is she okay? You know, is everything good? And so, I mean, I feel like with my job, it's not like you go back to work once. Mm-hmm. It's like you go back to work once, and then you have a break, and then you have to go back again, it's and then like, you have a break. Yeah. Kind of like a tease, like yes. oh, you get to be a stay-at-home mom for a couple of weeks, and then it's like oh, back to being oh, a working mom. Exactly. Then, yeah. So it kind of plays mind games, and I mean, it's still an adjustment. And she's two and a half years old, yes. so. But um, I feel like there's a lot of different emotions with going back to work. Like some people might feel like me, where I feel like I need to be at home all the time now that I don't need to go to work. I like. I need to be home with my baby all the time. And then there's other people that can't wait to go back to work. I was going to say, I am grateful that I get to be a stay-at-home mom, but I sometimes do kind of wonder, you know, like, obviously, you know, like, I change diapers, I do everything to keep Belle alive, but it's not like at the end of the day or, like, maybe halfway through the day someone comes up to me and says, hey, good job, you've changed three diapers, you're killing it, you know, where it's like if I was back to work, right. you know, it's like, oh, wow, you know, you managed you get, this, that mm-hmm. you did this, you accomplished this many projects in one day, you have this much scheduled, and it's yes. like, you know, you get kind of like that little pat in the back. Like validation yes, for what you're like, doing. You know, every single day before you leave home for work and it's like instead it's like, you know, your child doesn't <laughs> thank you, you know, for changing their dirty diaper or, you know, yeah. whatever. So I just kind of sometimes wonder like, oh, I wonder like, you know, I guess, you know, everyone's different. You know, right. how many moms enjoy the going back to work because mm-hmm. they get some validation, they get, you know, some purpose depending on what they do or they just simply, you know, enjoy seeing baby at home. Um, but also enjoy that little break throughout the day where they get to kind of right, like, kind know. of be themselves mm-hmm. or have their what you said mm-hmm. earlier their purpose. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there's like there's like a fifty fifty maybe ish um, about people like some fifty percent might like hate going back to work, mm-hmm. and then the other half might be like, oh yeah, I love this, I love having my own thing, something that's just for me, and to be honest, I'm a little bit jealous of those people, you know, like having that feeling and mm-hmm. having that, because it's kind of, it was kind of like shocking when you go from being at home mm-hmm. with your baby, and then leaving your two-month-old and having to go to work, and it's like, okay, but they're two months old, and I'm going back to work. And I mean, I know the first day obviously is the hardest, whether or not you are excited about going back or not, but it's just a change. It's but yeah, a it's just a, a big change, like immediately. Um, I feel like if my job allowed me to, 
I would recommend people to like ease into it. Like if you could maybe go part time, yeah, part time, or go two days a week, or three days a week, or half days, or something like that. Um, I mean, being a teacher is full time, so there wasn't any really um, options like that for me. But if there was, I definitely would have jumped on that and taken advantage of that because I feel like that would have helped me ease into it instead of like jumping in full force like here you go this is what you're doing this is what you're doing all day this is what it's going to look like there is no other option you know so I if you can I recommend definitely like slowing it down taking it easy one thing at a time um with that on mine was there anything that you struggled with specifically like right after your like eight week checkup that you kind of like had to struggle with like dealing with pain or discomfort when you went back to work? No, I didn't really have, like, pain when I went back to work, but I was, like, um, wearing pants because you would have to wear some type of pants to work, and, um, like, jeans, certain jeans would hit right where my uh, stitches or my scar was, and it would be, like, really irritating. So, like, finding clothes that I could just wear and be comfortable in to go to work was really a challenge because I mean when you're at home you can wear leggings you can wear workout pants you don't even have to wear pants like you, you yeah. just like you're at your house but you were able to squeeze back into your original oh no pants I oh, wore okay. my um, pregnancy said, wow. pants okay. for another like two months no 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 I did not squeeze back into my I regular was pants say, wow that's awesome no no no, 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 no. Not yet. Hey, you know what? Like, that's perfect, though, because I think it's, like, a lot of people have that misconception that, like, by six weeks, everything's back to normal. Every, yes. The doctors cleared you, so that means that, you know, like, your body should be normal. back to normal. Like, mm-hmm. you can start wearing your shirts again, your mm-hmm. pants again, you know, all the cute clothes, the sh- even the shoes that you owned before, and you know. Shoes. Everything can go back to normal. And it's I like, wish that was the case. I mean, for some, I think it might yeah, be. Yeah, it might be. But, but not, not for always. us. Yeah, no. <laughs> No. Uh, yes. Don't get in your mind that at the six or eight week mark that everything's going to be back to normal. You're going to be able to wear all your things, your favorite stuff. No. I mean, there is a possibility that that could happen, but like at the same time, there's a big possibility yes. that it won't. Yep. I struggled. You know, I, I was, you know, fortunate to stay home. So mm-hmm. like you said, I was able to wear leggings and I think that's pretty much what I wore all the, all the time. time. Leggings pajama bottoms, sweatpants, like, just kept it casual and Yeah, you have to, because, like, why would you Mm want to put yourself into something that's not comfortable, and then be at home and take care of a two-month-old, like, there's, that's still Mm -hmm. a lot of, like, one, yeah, one of the things that I struggled with was, you know, because by two to three weeks, like, or two to three months, you know, maybe people, I thought that I would be adjusted to, like, breastfeeding, and Mm -hmm. just, like, all the struggles that came with it or just like that it would just start being easier but I also noticed that it's like I I wasn't able to like my breasts were still adjusting to how much Mm. supply milk supply my body needed so like at this point like my boobs were still ginormous and I couldn't squeeze into shirts I buttoned up like I literally was just wearing like 
spaghetti strap and like packed flannels like mm-hmm. just open because none of my shirts fit they were too tight yeah. like nothing fit i bought a couple of like shirts but you don't want to you know like yeah, you buy, don't too buy a much. bunch of stuff like and then large clothes a few months later it's, now it's baggy yeah now that like my body's adjusted mm-hmm. and i've gone down like almost two sizes in shirt sizes i have a bunch of like shirts that it are don't fit. super un- super baggy yeah. and unflattering like your top is big but, like, your waist, you know, like, obviously you still have some of that tummy. Yeah. But it's just weird because it's they're not, it's they're not, not, they're not flattering. Yeah, they're not proportional. No, they're <laughs> not. And so that's what I was like. Seriously, like, I'm just wearing patch shirts. Whatever because, is easiest. You know, like, there's no, I'm, there is no right or wrong. I mean, you could be one of those people that if you are at home or if you're in the recovery stages at home and, um. You just need to get up and get dressed and, like, look cute. Like, that's perfectly fine. If you have that energy and that motivation, that's great. I mean, I wish I did, but I didn't. Nope. And one of the things that I kind of wish I knew around this time is, like, I was trying to squeeze into my clothes because I didn't want to be buying new clothes all the time. Well, I got a breast infection because I was wearing my shirts and my bras, like, that used to fit before. Mm -hmm. They were too tight, and I got a breast infection because of that. And it's like, well, next time now I know, like, you know, like, especially if y'all plan to breastfeed, you know, obviously, now I know that wearing tight bras and clothes can help. Can cause infections. Well, it can cause infections, but it can also, like, make your body think that you don't want to breastfeed anymore, so it kind of, like, starts to dry you up. Oh, interesting. And so it's like, okay, now I know, like, wear loose clothes, especially if you're breastfeeding, because until, I don't think my breasts got, like, used to, like, a somewhat of a normal like milk flow that Bella needed mm-hmm. until like probably like the end of three months. Oh, that's really? kind of yeah. Until then, like everything was just kind of like still sore. Like you know, I was still having cracked nipples. I was still oh, like geez. anytime I'd walk out of the shower, I would like um, leak. If I went to the store and I like took out a breast pad to feed and I forgot to put it back in, like I would feed up or I would feed. I would leak at the grocery store <gasps> like. All the time, 24-7, oh, okay. like, out of nowhere. And I think it was, like, at three months when finally my body was, like, okay, you know, like, we don't have to leak 24-7. We just kind of leak right before when baby's latching on yeah. or when they're really full. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it was, like, until three months that, like, my body really? adjusted to the milk supply. Well, that's good to know because I wouldn't have thought that either. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's something I definitely didn't know. Yes. I mean, I didn't make it in breastfeeding that far. But even if I did, I would have... I would have been walking around the grocery store like, what is going on? Yes, yep. So, mamas, if y'all are breastfeeding, um, y'all are hanging around there, like, just know that it gets better, but it takes, it can take up to three months for your body to fully adjust, um, whether it's, you know, you still don't have enough milk supply, like, it's not too late for you to keep pumping and power pump to try and get your milk supply, like, until you and baby, like, really start, you know, getting the hang of it and doing it for mm-hmm. three months, like, your body's still gonna struggle to know how much to produce, does it need to produce more, so does it like need to go down? That needs to be, like, explained or told when you're in the hospital or while you're pregnant, because um, I ended up stopping. I stopped breastfeeding, like, Sophia was maybe, like, a month old. I mean, her situation was a little bit mm-hmm. different at that time. But, um, like, if I knew that it was going to take two to three months or three months to really get into a routine and a rhythm and a, you know, like a 
not a schedule, but you know, like where your body is adjusted. adjusted. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Then maybe it might've put me in a different like headspace before I, when she was born, you know, like I'd been like, okay, so I need to stick this out for two to three months and see how it goes, Mm -hmm. you know, but. Well, I mean, it's, it's difficult. Like it, you know, like you said, I didn't know that I just, luckily I was home. So it was just whatever, but it's like, you know, I didn't know what to expect. I'm sure some people could adjust sooner. Yeah. You know, some people could yeah. take a little bit longer. But Everybody's for me, different. I feel like it wasn't until three months when I was like, okay, this whole breastfeeding thing, it's not easy now, but it's it's like more, um, like I can, it's more predictable. Mm-hmm. I kind of know what to expect. I kind of have the routine of how often to change, you know, like my breast pads, how often to pump. If I feel that they start to get heavy, I can kind of like start to feel the sensation when mm. they're about to start leaking. Yeah. Like you get a gist like you, of all you're of kind those of things that are relearn coming. relearn your body and the signs mm-hmm. and everything. Yep. Babies yeah. also adjusting to latch to kind of like, you know, finish one breast, you know. And then and, go to the other one. Yeah. Yeah. But I, it takes time. And one of the things that honestly, like another memory that I have is, you know, I finally got to the point to where my body had adjusted with like milk supply, Mm -hmm. milk flow, kind of somewhat feeling a little bit more comfortable with like the size of like my breasts, my body in general. And I remember just when I was starting to feel better, I got hit with the hair loss. Like I remember just in pregnancy, like my hair was thick. It was like nice. It was beautiful. It, It was growing. And I suffered with, like, hair loss before I got pregnant. But when I got pregnant, like, my hair stopped falling out. Mm. And so I was like, okay, like, this is good. You had that legit baby glow. Yes, yes. But then three months happened. And I wasn't expecting it to happen at three months. I figured, oh, if I haven't lost my hair by three months, like, I'm good. You know, like, it would. I thought it would happen, like, not maybe not the day I gave birth. But, like, that week. Yeah, the following Kind of instantly. Yes. Yeah. And so I thought I'd, like, you know, Makes made sense. it clear. Yeah, I thought I was in the clear, and it, my hair was going to stop falling out. And just in case, I kept taking my prenatals uh, because I'm like, well, I still have prenatals left over. It's just a it's pill just a day. I'm just going to yeah. throw it in with my, you know, regular pills after a meal. So I kept taking them, and I was like, okay, like, it worked. You know, like, it's it's helping me, uh, you know, with the hair loss. Nope, three months happen, and my hair starts falling out. <gasps> And at first, it was gradual, and I'm like, okay, it's falling out like it did before, whatever, I've dealt with this, it's fine. And then I would start, like, gradually, the week went, the week went on, and then it was, like, chunks, and then chunks. I remember when you were and telling me about this, and you were so upset. Yes, like, it was bad. Like, and you were asking me, did this happen to you? And I'm like, oh, I wish it did, so I can tell you yeah. something, but no, it didn't, yes. I'm sorry, you know, like, I don't know what to do. I have no advice to give you. Yeah, and, and I don't I don't know why. I don't know if maybe, like, my child was, like, taking too much nutrients from me because of how much she was eating. Maybe. Uh, it was just my yeah. body. Like, I don't know. Like, but the prenatals did not help. I would suggest for people to keep taking them just in case because having some type of vitamins and nutrients, and you know, Should. supplementing is better it's, than nothing. Yeah. Um, but I struggled with it. And honestly, um, you know, I won't go into depth. We'll say that for another podcast. But, like, now I'm at eight months postpartum and, like, my hair's finally growing back. Mm-hmm. I think I probably lost hair from, like, three to, like, six months. Mm-hmm. Around six months was when it stopped falling out and it started gradually growing mm-hmm. back. You know, I know I've showed you, you know, once yeah. <laughs> how, like, it was bad. Like, you could see my scalp. Like, I know when I had the headband, you're like, oh, you can't tell. And then I, like, took the headband and I showed you. And you're like, oh, okay, yeah. 
you know, like it was bad. Like it was probably like at least a good two inches, like from like my, mm-hmm. uh, what would you call it? Like my like hairline. Yeah. Two inches mm. of like hair falling out from where my hairline used to once be. And that's scary. Like when that actually starts happening to you and you're like, what do I do? I'm losing all my hair. Um, I mean, did you do anything other than take your vitamins? No. I mean, I asked the doctor and, you know, the doctor's answer was like, oh, yeah, that's normal. Like, especially if you're breastfeeding, like, you just Oh, really? To, yeah. She said that just because, like, you're basically, like, losing, your baby's taking all the nutrients, mm. all, you know, all that you're eating. And so it's like, you have to, like, maybe not necessarily eat double, but you just really have to really eat like really healthy healthy um, to put so all those things back enough, into your body yeah, enough nutrients for yourself to produce the milk um for your baby um but you know she was like nope like that's just regular postpartum it's just regular oh there's nothing so... that you can do nothing that i can give you keep taking prenatals keep like you know take collagen if you want but like there's not a a secret you know recipe oh. that's um, hard because like your hair it. for girls i feel like is very yeah like important yeah well you know like like you love of, your hair yes and well you know like one of the things that like moms always talk about is the mom bun mm-hmm. you know like what do you do to like you know keep your hair out of your face is you put in a ponytail and you put in a bun well I couldn't do that because if I put in a ponytail like you could just mm-hmm. see like my mm-hmm. scalp you could just see how bald I was on the hairline and it's like I couldn't do that like I had to keep my hair down and slick so that you could try and like somewhat cover the bald spots on my head mm. and it's like hairs in the face the baby's pulling your hair and it's just a hot mess it's yeah it's definitely an adjustment like I'm thankful that my baby hairs are growing but yeah. now it's like another adjustment where it's, it's like, like they you're... look funny because they're just like sticking out everywhere like it's bad like you could take look. your you could take your vitamins <laughs> like I said it's like your two, baby three hairs. inches yeah. in from well they're growing really good they so are. I mean there's like a positive there yes. it's it's growing back it's gonna be yep. some good healthy hair yes some I, good healthy yes. hair <laughs> but it's definitely it was a struggle yeah one thing after another what one I like thing hap- one thing ends and then another thing mm-hmm. begins yes sometimes not always in the way that you want it to oh that's frustrating what's something else that you kind of experienced during that two Um, to three month timeline well I always remember like uh, looking at pictures of on Instagram or looking up okay what's the next milestone or what's coming up next or what are other people's babies doing next or what are they doing to you know adjust or whatever and I feel like um, I was very not competitive, but I was always, like, comparing, like, okay, well, they're doing this, so I need to do that, or Sophia's supposed to be doing this, so I need to make sure that she's, that I... Staying on track, right? keeping up with other babies her age. Yes, and I don't know if that's because Sophia was the only baby, so I didn't really have a lot of babies around to kind of look... Go off of... Right, and so I was just kind of going off of Instagram babies. <laughs> well, I mean, those are the only, like, yeah, yeah. All the only yeah. babies that were happening at the same time yeah. that Sophia yeah. had. So that was, like, my resource, I guess. You know, like, okay, this is what you're supposed to be doing. This is what she's supposed to be doing. Um, as a mom, you should be doing this. As a mom, you should be all of these things. And I feel like that wasn't helpful. And I think this, honestly, like, I think more than just moms can relate to this because this is how 
we were before we became oh, yeah. moms. We would get Comparing on social media and to we would everybody. see, oh, okay, this person has this job and they're living this life- lifestyle yes. and they're doing this and, you know, going here and doing yeah, this. Yeah, exactly. And so, yeah, unfortunately. And I, that's, I feel like that's change. a hard thing to say not to do. Don't compare yourself mm-hmm. to others and don't compare your baby to others. But, like, really don't. Yeah. compare your baby or yourself or your progress to others because if it doesn't match what somebody else is doing you're going to be very upset with yourself and it's not going to help you get to where you want to be that could be like fitness or like body figure or whatever um I feel like that's a big one postpartum you yes. know like you want to get you want to bounce back mm-hmm. right and there's a, there's people that do and have no issue doing that and then there's people that hold on to that weight, and no matter what they do, it's... It stays there. Yeah, it's, it's a struggle. Mm-hmm. Like, you can work out. Or, you know, you may, you know, like in my case, I didn't have time to work out. Like, I didn't right. start working out until about a month ago. Right, yeah. And it's like, you. how do you even find that time to work it's out? It's hard, yeah. How do you find that time to make sure your all your meals that you're preparing are healthy when you're just trying to, like, you know, feed your child? You're just trying to figure out how to live as a yes. mom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, and that whole comparison aspect is very, I mean, it's very, like, everybody does it. Mm-hmm. But at the same it's time, impossible like, to not do it. don't, try not to do it as much. Because yes. it'll save your mental health, mm-hmm. like, a lot. Yeah. Like, if I didn't compare m- myself or Sophia, then I would probably, like, have felt a lot better about myself and about how I'm being a mom or whatever like it would have just been a more of a positive time Mm -hmm. not that it wasn't but it was like you were struggling to kind of like trying to find who I was again after being a mom and then looking at other people and seeing like okay well they figured out how to be a mom and how to be with their friends and how to be a wife and how to do all of these things but I'm just trying to figure out how to like survive yeah one day at a time and I think so. this is kind of like when, I mean, I don't say we're perf- the perfect example, but I feel like we're a really good example on how, like, even how we used to be. Like, before we started this podcast, mm-hmm. we would only post the good things about our babies. We would oh, yeah. only post photos of us with our babies. We weren't posting photos of my bald scalp. No, we weren't no. posting a photo of, you know, like... The first day back to work? Exactly. Like, we're not... We can't (laughs) post photos of our brain Mm -hmm. to show where our mental health is at and, like, how, you know, low we felt at certain times of, you know, adjusting to motherhood. So it's just like, you know, that's a reminder. Like, you know, as much as, you know, we'd love to, you know, for people to be, you know... Um, I don't want to say sincere because, you know, they're not lying. No, they're not. They're just only showing showing the the good good photos. And that's not a bad thing either. But we should keep that in mind. Yeah. That just because this is what we're seeing, this doesn't mean that this is a lifestyle that they live 24-7. Like, this is just a little, literally a photo. A tidbit of what. A two-second glimpse of what happened at one, two seconds out of their whole 24 hours. You know, we don't know how long it took for them to be able to get ready or their baby ready to take that photo. Mm -hmm. We don't know the fit that the baby threw, you know, prior to this or after the photo. Like, we don't see all of that. Yeah. So, yeah, that's a good thing to, like, try to keep in mind, too. Like, okay, you see the happy photo, but that doesn't mean that's the entire Mm -hmm. picture, you know. But um, 
going off of comparing like yourself to others, I would say like don't always compare your babies too. Oh, yes. Because I know, like, the two- to three-month mark, a lot of people and moms and, well, I guess everybody in general are kind of thinking, okay, it's three-ish months, your baby should be sleeping through the night, how long are they sleeping? Oh, they're only sleeping two hours? And then they wake up, and then they go back to bed, and they sleep another two hours, and they're, like, horrified. Yeah. You know? And it's like, wait, how long are they supposed to be sleeping? Yeah. How long is your baby sleeping? Yeah. Why, like, how, why are you... How is your baby sleeping through the night and not exactly. mine? What are you doing right that, you know, I'm not doing? But, I mean, even then, you could be doing the same thing. But every baby's but different. But everybody's Just, baby's yeah. different. I mean, I've heard stories of people tell me that, oh, yeah, my baby started sleeping through the night when they were three weeks old. I'm oh, like, wow. oh, okay, wow. <laughs> um, that's uh, cool. And they're like, we didn't do anything. They just slept. And, Naturally, yeah. And I was like, okay. And then there's people, like, I have a cousin that said that they were, like, their baby turned, like, a year old. And that's when they, like, pretty much forced them to sleep through the night. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, that's three weeks to a year. Mm-hmm. That's a big gap. Like, yeah. it's not just off by a couple of weeks. No. Months, so, I mean, there's two year. very different families, very different babies and they have very different sleeping schedules so I don't feel like you need to be upset with yourself or upset with your baby or frustrated because your baby will sleep through the night eventually but you know it might just take a little bit of time or it might not Mm -hmm. I mean yeah it's just yeah I feel like on every every single phase whether it's pregnancy labor or you know once we have the baby it's just to keep reminding ourselves, like make a mental note to ourselves that everything that we do, our babies are all unique mm-hmm. once again. And it's like, we're all going to, you know, adjust differently. And they're um, all going to progress yeah. at different rates. Well, like, for example, like I remember I had a, you know, like family friend that had twins, like mm-hmm. they're twins, you know, you would expect like, oh, okay, like it'll be easy. They'll be on the same schedule. But it's like even twins, they're not on the same schedule. Even if you have two kids, you know, like, you know, they're your kids. So obviously, for the most part, you're going to raise them the same way that you kind of raised the other one. But that doesn't mean that That the baby's the same. They're going to, like, respond to how you feed them, Mm -hmm. how you swaddle them, how you put them to bed, how long they sleep. You know, even if they're in the same atmosphere, like, it It doesn't mean that they're, yeah, exactly. And it doesn't mean you're doing a bad job just because your baby's not sleeping through the night or just because your baby's not at that stage yet. Yeah. I I don't think Bella um, slept through the night, like, completely, you know, 10, 12 hours until she was, like, six months. She would, like, kind of go, like, wake up in the middle of the night and eat, like, maybe once or twice, mm-hmm. maybe around four months or so. Yeah. But, like, still, like, you know, it was, like, a hit or miss. Right. Yeah. But, you know... I, I can relate to you on that. Um, one of the things that I feel like I kind of compared Bella a lot to was, like, other babies and, like, how fast they were, like, turning on their backs, how mm. fast they were, like, lifting their, you know, their head mm-hmm. up. And, you know, just kind of like, you know, once just, again, all babies are yeah. unique. Like, you also, even if they're the same, like, you know, size or the shape or weight, you know, like, even then that's not fair. But one of the things that I would have to keep reminding myself is, like, my baby's extra chunky. Like, that's not an excuse, even if she was, you know, like, the same weight as other babies. But, like, it's like my baby is super chunky. <laughs> like, you know, it can take my baby a little bit longer. It can because my baby is, you know, super chunky mm-hmm. and it does eat a lot. Like, I can't expect, you know, another baby to be to able be, to go yeah. longer stretch 
you know, of not having to eat. Yeah. You know, it's every, you know, there's yeah. so many variables there that is. could create there is. my child to not be able to lift up their neck. Exactly. Um, you know, as fast. Now, you know, that she's older and just kind of like slimmed down and just simply like practicing over time. Mm-hmm. Now she's like starting to kind of like be on like what, you know, what is it, FDA that has the guidelines of like what milestones you should reach at each month? Yeah, yeah I guess so. The, yeah. I don't know like, what the yeah, American yeah. Pediatrics is something like that. Yeah. yeah. You know, like kind of like what they're at. But it's like at the end of the day, like her doctor's not concerned. Yeah, if the doctor's not worried then, about it. You know, obviously you can still keep practicing and like mm-hmm. working with your baby to try and get them more active and stuff mm-hmm. like that. There's but, always things that you can do to help them reach those milestones, yeah. but that doesn't mean that they're going to reach don't, it yeah. at the exact time that your Pampers app tells you. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, or don't, you know, even if you're not there, like, that shouldn't cause for you to create shame towards yourself or create shame towards another mom mm-hmm. who maybe, whose baby maybe not be at your baby's level. Right. Like, oh, really? Your baby's not doing that yet? Like, that's weird. You know, like, they should be doing this yes, by, I by this that. time. You know? I hate that when so, they say something like that. You like, know, oh, just, well, you're not doing this? They're not there yet? Well, my baby does this. And you're yeah. like, wait a second. Yeah, because that creates doubt in yes. that mom and yeah. her and all the work that she's putting mm-hmm. into her baby and everything. I mean, if so. you're going to, like, say, if you're going to, like, it's cool to be excited and, oh, my gosh, my baby reached this milestone. We're so excited. This is amazing. That's great. But at the same time, if you're at, talking to somebody about their baby and they haven't reached that, don't be you can, shameful. Yeah. Like, you can be like, that's okay. Because your baby's going to get there eventually. Yeah. All babies are different. Mine yeah. just did this right now. But look, your baby's doing this before mine was. Yes. Or something mm-hmm. like that. And kind of like balance it out to kind of support or help the other mom yeah. feel. Because yeah. you can definitely like boast and like talk your child up without creating that shame right. with someone else. Yes, because it's completely fine yeah. to be proud and... Yeah. Like happy celebrate with, all yes. the milestones that your baby's because those are big things. Yes, but at the same time, it's you have to be a little bit mindful of what you're saying to others because, I mean, like we've mentioned before, you don't know what's going on in that family or with that mom, so you have to kind of, okay, well, I'm very happy about this, but how do I make sure that they're not going to get, like, their feelings hurt or make them think that I'm being unsupportive of where they are so one of the other things that I also kind of remember like around the two to three month mark is um like Bella she doubled in size Mm. and I you know like you're just trying to like you know kind of like we said you're just trying to make it through the end of the day and make it to the next right and so the last thing I was doing like the first couple of months was paying attention to like diaper sizes Mm. I was just grabbing a diaper changing it like obviously once she grew out of newborns I didn't expect her to be in them for too long so I sized up but then it got to the point where I was just like changing diaper here and there from like boxes that I got from the baby shower I didn't realize like you know for example like size you know like you know to get to the size one to the size two basically once you reach like 12 pounds it's time to move up Mm. and I wasn't paying attention and like, let's say, like, when Bella was, like, 10, 11 pounds, I went to go buy, like, two more boxes uh, of, like, size one yeah. and open a box up. Well, next week, you know, it sh- they don't fit her anymore. Yeah, exactly. And it wasn't until, like, I don't know around when, but I consider it too late. It was too late, and I had already bought boxes, already opened up boxes, and they didn't fit anymore. Mm. So I feel like one of 
of the things that I would suggest is I know it's hard to like think about these things when you're just trying to like survive the first right. couple of months, but it's to kind of keep track of how much your baby's weighing in comparison to like baby size diapers. Mm-hmm. Um, so that if your baby's reaching the end of fitting into those, those maybe you should just go ahead and size up. Buy the next size. Buy the next mm-hmm. size. Like, see if they fit. If they fit a little bit, you know, big, but there's not going to be, like, a huge gap, just go ahead and do that mm-hmm. instead of buying a smaller bag or box and just and then going it to waste. Using it for two days exactly. and then not finishing it off. Yeah. yeah. Obviously, you know, like, if that happens, hopefully you have, you know, a friend or someone mm-hmm. that you can, like, you know, here you go. Have, yeah, these, diapers. have these diapers. But, you know, like, diapers are expensive. They are expensive. And so, it's not something you want to, like, keep buying yeah. for no reason when yeah. you just, yeah. Yeah. So one way I did that, I had, I got an, I downloaded an app. And it was called, like, Baby Tracker or something. Uh-huh. So every time we went to the doctor, which when they're that small, they go every, they go when they're, like, a month old. Then they go when they're two months old. Mm-hmm. And then they go when they're. Do they go in there? Oh, they go in there four. So, I mean, like, I would keep track on the the app so that I would kind of know, like, okay, she's at 12 pounds, okay? And I would literally pull that up every time we went to the store to buy more diapers. Like, okay, so she weighs this much when we went to the doctor's office last week. Um, We need to size up. That's a good idea. See, I was not. I was just like, we need more diapers. Go get more diapers and just, like, you know, let's go. And I was not paying attention to the weight at all. So be on the lookout for that. Um, just be, that's so you a don't good waste tip. Money. Yeah, because yeah. that's a big thing. And if you don't know to look for that, then... And you we know, buy from Costco. So those yes. are like big, huge boxes. Those are big boxes. Uh, another tip that I just thought about is if y'all don't know and y'all have unopened boxes... You can grab those unopened boxes, take them to, even if they got gifted to you, you can just take them to Walmart, take them to Target, mm. and just switch them out and exchange them for So I've for heard that. Did you actually do that? So I haven't because I had a lot of baby showers to go to. Yes. So I just gifted these boxes. Mm. But, um, like, I've been told by people that work at Walmart that okay. you can, they do accept, as long as they're unopened, you can go exchange them. Hmm. You don't have to have bought them there. You can take a, you know, like, or even if you don't like the brand. Let's the say brand. you want Huggies. You can take any brand. Um, I think as long as they sell it. Like, if it's a Target brand, I don't think right. you can take that to Walmart. to Walmart. But as long as they sell it there, you can take it, and they can either give you, a, like, credit. Like, I'm sure it depends from person to person. Mm-hmm. But you can somewhat, somehow, one way or another, whether like it's gift ex- card, credit. exchange but, one box yeah. for another mm-hmm. one somehow. And if it, like, costs more, then they just cha- charge you, like, the difference. Mm-hmm. But you can, like, go exchange. Mm-hmm. Whether it's sizes that you need or different brands. So, mm-hmm. like, don't okay. think that you are going to have to waste, waste an entire box. Divers. Yeah. Nope. You can go exchange them at stores um, for whatever you want or whatever you need. Yeah. I feel that that's a good tip, especially if you're like a first time mm-hmm. mom or if you've never heard that. I've heard that. I just didn't ever actually do that. No. Like I said, I've, I mean, I still have some that I'm sure if I don't, if there's no more baby showers, I'm going to have to go do that because I still have like some ones and twos there. Oh, yeah. Um, but, go, go take those right yeah. now. <laughs> go swap them out. I need some more. But that's a good one. Same thing with kind of like diapers is to kind of like, the you know, clothes. clothes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like I've, I'm, I'm going to have to write them down so we can make me make a little post later on to share with y'all. Um, like the exact brands that run small and run, um, run Big, large. Yeah. But now I'm to the point to where like, okay, I know like, for example, Carter's don't buy one mm-hmm. uh, style clothes. Those run large. So, like, mm. if you have a bigger baby or you just want your babies to have room More to grow room. into it, 
Like, those are good. Um, I always I, liked the in-between size, where it was, like, three to six months. Yes. And it wasn't just three months. Yes. Or not just six months. Mm-hmm. I feel like those worked, like, perfectly for... I mean, Sophia followed the sizing chart, like, oh, exactly. Wow. Like, good. newborn, yeah. she was newborn. Uh-huh. Three months, she was in three months. Uh-huh. Like, she followed it exactly. She is now two years old, and she is in 2T. Two two tea. Tea. Yeah, like, good. it's just, um, she just followed it perfectly. For those luckily. of y'all who are not that lucky, oh. like my child, she was in, like, what, 12-month clothes by the age of, like, three months? Yeah. Um, she's eight months now, and she's in 2T mm-hmm. and 24 months. I, I wasn't lucky like Sarah, so I was scrambling through clothes, like, oh my gosh, this doesn't fit anymore, like, okay, on yes. to the next, and once I realized how much clothes I was, like, obviously not on purpose, mm-hmm. but how much clothes I felt like I was wasting, going through, yeah, um, I was like, okay, I need to buy, I just, I literally went on Target, and I literally bought a bunch of onesies, all different, um, same size, but different, different. brands, uh-huh. like, one of them was, like, Carter, one of them was, um, Gerber, like just all the different brands, uh, Cat and Jack, like just all of them, same size, tried one on, and like just kind of made a note to myself, like, okay, this brand is good, this This brand runs small, Mm -hmm. this one runs large, and I'm just kind of like, whatever, like with Snug and Fit, like I just returned it, it, and just made a little mental note, like, okay, from here on out, this is what I'm going to stick to, so it's like Snug. Um, this is what I need if I want, you know, her to have room in her thighs, or whatever. That's a good thing to do, too. And then kind of what you mentioned, like, about, like, you like the in-between sizes. Mm-hmm. You like the size that is three to six. Yeah. If you don't get that, like, if you get clothes at six, one of the things that I also kind of learned kind of late is whatever, like, size it is, mm-hmm. that's basically the max. So if you have, mm-hmm. like, six months, uh-huh. like, basically you can consider that to be a clothes that's three to six. Oh. Six is kind of, like, the max. Oh, interesting. I mean, of course, every child is different. Right. Every brand is different. But I saw that in, like, a TikTok that oh. it's – that's basically the max. Oh. So if you hmm. have clothes that's three months, don't wait until your baby's three months to pull it out because maybe you'll get lucky and that brand is, like – larger yeah and it'll fit good but if it's like a snugger brand mm. then if you reach three months it may be too it's late too tight and yeah. i like said i i i had that happen mm. with a lot of clothes with bella yes, where <laughs> where i put it on once and i was like yeah we're not gonna you be can't able be to squeeze this into again. this again uh, my buttons were popping well on clothes the target brand cat and jack Apparently, like, if you have a receipt, uh-huh. and so let's say you bought Cat and Jack clothes that were two months, uh-huh. uh, three months, uh-huh. sorry, and, you know, your baby is three months or whatever, and they don't fit, or they wore them, and they don't fit anymore. So you have, like, a bunch of three-month clothes that your baby wore, they don't fit anymore, you're not, you don't want to donate them, you don't want to, like, give them to anybody or anything else, like, you can take them to Target and say, these clothes don't fit my baby anymore. If you have the receipt, they'll give you your money back. Really? But if you don't have the receipt, they'll give you a gift card, wow. and you can go buy something else. But it's just that Cat and Jack brand, because oh, it's okay. specific to Target. Huh. So I like Cat and Jack brand. Like, I do, too. I, I bought some, and I think they're very like comfy, and I feel like they run like larger. They're not like as snug and slim mm-hmm. fit. Yes. Well, apparently they do that with, like, all of their clothes, or all of Cat Jack's clothes, that even if you wear them and they get torn, that they're kind of like, okay, well, these products are so good. They shouldn't tear. They shouldn't tear, so go get something else. Okay, that's really good. Kind of like on the topic of, like, a slim, you know, clothes fitting slim, 
like I said, my baby was extra chunky. <laughs> so she was just rolls on top of rolls, which I absolutely loved, and it's what I've always wanted. But I didn't realize it would be such a struggle to squeeze her into clothes. Um, so once I kind of started, like, doing, like I said, just buying a bunch of clothes and just seeing what fit and what didn't, I realized that if you have a chunkier baby or if you have a thinner baby, they sell Carter's uh, specifically, but I'm sure there are other brands. Mm-hmm. They sell PJs that say, like, slim fit, uh, uh, loose fit. That. And I've I didn't seen know that. that. But I didn't know what it was for. Yes, yeah. So oh. it was just kind of like, you know, when you buy, you know, a shirt, Should you know, it tells you slim. these are slim PJs. So if you have a baby that's on the chunkier mm. side and full of rolls, like stay away from those. The slim fit because yeah. they're going to be super mm. tight. And they don't sell them like everywhere. You have to like search for it and like mm. try and get lucky. It's more like online. Yeah. But just know that there are clothes. There that, are options. Yeah. That fit so if there. you have a, you know, a super slim baby, you can find, you know, tight or, um, yeah. Slim, slim, slim fit. Yeah. There we go. Slim fit. Or if you have a chunkier baby, look you can for find loose, the loose fit slim babies. Okay, so interesting. That know. is some good stuff right there, yeah. especially that age right there. You kind of want to start looking for some yeah. clothes. You like shopping and stuff yes. like that. Yeah. All right. Well, thank y'all so much for joining us for our fifth episode. Hopefully, this episode helps y'all. Um, know that y'all aren't alone and that just because you're two, three months postpartum, you're not supposed to completely feel, you know, like yourself again. You're not supposed to have the routine down to the T. Like, be kind to yourself. Um, it takes time and just know that you're doing the best that you can. Exactly. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and like our Facebook page. There you can um, let us know some of the topics that you want us to touch on as we go forward. Or if you have any questions or anything that you would like to tell other moms, um, feel free to leave comments or message us. And we can be sure that other moms get those tips and tricks from you as well. So we will see you back in two weeks for episode six.